guys. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet Jen Sprinkle, who is joining me this week. She is the co-founder of The Well Studio. Hey, Jen. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you here. I met you back in September or October at your Camp Well Summit, which was such a fun um, event to be a part of and to get to attend, and I'm sure we'll get to chat more about that on here, but I would love, you know, for you to share your story, how you even launched into the Well Summit, how you've gotten to where you are today, because I just think you're awesome. Oh, you are so sweet to have me. I love being here. I love getting to know you in the fall and just excited to be a part of what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. So I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I have grown up here most of my life and um, my my kind of career life started out in corporate America. I was a textile designer for um, probably, I need to kind of figure this number out, but I think it was about 12 years. I was in um, corporate retail side and was a textile designer for major retailers and loved what I did. I always loved it um, and and grew and climbed the the corporate ladder, I ended up my last job. I was traveling. I was working for an import company, and I got to travel, which I love to do. Um, I was traveling every three months and overseas to China and got to source and design product and absolutely loved it. But I realized early on in my corporate career that, and I didn't know this about myself, that I kind of had an entrepreneurial bug in me and just kind of that spirit. There was no one really in my family that was an entrepreneur. It wasn't modeled for me. Um, My dad was real creative and always had things going on on the side and hobbies. And um, so maybe a part of it, he, he, it's funny because somebody did tell me a couple years ago, um, really pegged me. They said, you are a builder. And, um, I could go back in my life and kind of see how that that thread played out. But I think I get that from my dad, too. Um, But I started early on, like in my corporate career, kind of doing side work. I would do, you know, logos and wedding invitations for friends and friends of friends and loved the control that I had um, to just, I hate to put that word on it, but I think that's part of it. I think as a creative, you, um, I had great jobs. I did, but you realize you're being creative and using your gifts to help someone else build their business. And for some, that's awesome. And for me, I think there was just something in me that had an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. And so I started side work early on in my corporate, um, job and then just working corporate. And then, I guess towards the um, 10 years in, I was, it, it was challenging a little bit because my side business had grown and yet I was working full time and making more and more money and kind of had an exit strategy. And right um, as I decided I was going to exit corporate America and do my own thing, I got an offer for an incredible position and that was the import company. And so I said, you know what? I'll do this for a couple more years. And what I had done was I actually worked myself into, and some other people might understand this, but I had um, grown my income so much. I had ended up making six figures in an awesome job where I traveled and it got really hard 
to consider walking away from. But my desire to work for myself was greater. And so I left all that behind and went full-time into my own business and to this day have never made the same amount of money um, that I was making when I left that job, but I could not be happier. And um, I sacrificed a lot doing that, but it doesn't feel anything like a sacrifice. So probably, I guess that was probably about five or six years ago, six years ago maybe that I did that and have started my own I started my own graphic and web design business, and I do some consulting and product development for small to medium-sized businesses, and just absolutely love it. I love. I think that's the builder in me. I love helping other people build their dreams, their brand, their businesses, and to get to do that one-on-one and kind of cheer people on is just so much fun. So that is kind of, I tell people that's like my day job. And then I, um, where you and I met is, I call it kind of my daydream that I'm so thankful has really turned into kind of another job. Like it's, it's provided that for me. So I think through the process of working with uh, these other dreamers and business owners and hearing their stories, I just started realizing that um, there are a lot of dreamers and doers and entrepreneurs out there that are isolated and kind of overwhelmed and a little bit lost. And, you know, it's hard, and you probably understand this, it's hard when you're on your own to be intentional about community. And I just saw a need to encourage other women who are just in this space and to encourage, not just encourage them. There's a lot of amazing encouragement out there in books and online and in media. Uh, but I wanted to do it in a way that was faith focused. And so I guess it was about three years ago, we launched the Well Studio and we, it was just an online community. My dream, my big dream, it actually was going to be a conference. That's what we were going to launch was the Well Summit Conference. And just struggled for probably a year and a half, being really paralyzed by a lot of fear and overwhelm and comparison. And I really was dragging my feet and feeling real guilty about it. Um, But the Lord was just really clear to put that on the shelf, that idea for a conference, on the shelf three years ago. And I hesitantly did it, (laughs) put it on the shelf, um, not knowing if he was ever going to give it back. And I just felt like he said, build community. And so that is what we did um, for about a year with the Well Studio. It's just an online community that was faith-focused encouragement for dreamers, doers, and entrepreneurs. Well, it truly is incredible. I mean, what, how did you handle, you know, putting your dream on the shelf, you know, because that's tough. It was really hard. And I think the irony about it is I think the Lord wanted me to walk through that process because he wanted it. He just had so much to teach me about trusting him and really submitting my, my dreams to his will. And I think that that as dreamers is hard for us to do. We get really caught up and inspired by um, things that we want to do. And we forget to pause for a moment and see if it's what God wants us to do. And the irony in it is my wrestling with 
the conference dream and launching this community and the comparison and all those things ended up six months after launching the Well Studio, it really ended up um, turning into a devotional. I, I saw myself need daily prayer to keep myself on track with what I felt like the Lord was calling me to because I was getting super distracted by so many things. And I thought, I need, I, I wish I had just a book of prayers to walk through every day to keep me really focused on what God's calling me to and not distracted by what the world um, is saying. And so out of all that wrestling was birthed um, 31 days of prayer for the dreamer and doer. And we um, self-published that about a year into launching the Well Studio. And it ended up, again, the irony ended up that that became the foundation for God kind of pulling that dream to gather women back off the shelf, but it looked completely different than what I had in mind. What I had in mind was this big conference and gathering of a lot of women. And what he had in mind was something just a lot more intimate and small um, that was foundationally what we had written in the 31 days of prayer and um, just laying our dreams at, you know, at the foot of the Lord and saying, what, what do you want me to do? Um, how do you want me to do it? And, and who do you want me to gather around to do it with? And so that idea, that dream to do a conference got pulled back off the shelf and it ended up being a retreat, which is what where I met you through Camp Well Summit. Um, and we did our first one last fall. So it's, it, it's been such a learning process of when we submit our dreams to the Lord, He gives back um, bigger and better, not so much bigger in the sense of um, necessarily people or response or even financially, but just bigger in the sense of what he wants um, to do with it. So it was a sweet lesson of learning to submit dreams to the Lord. And it was truly incredible. Like every detail of the Campwell Summit was so intentional and so well done with excellence and beauty and just true thought behind every little piece of the puzzle there. And so I was so impressed, honored to be there, like just in awe of the intention that you guys had to do, had to carry out behind the scenes while still leading a conference. What is that like? I mean, I know that living your dream feels very glamorous to, um, to, you know, just anyone passing by or people showing up like me, I just got to show up. Um, but, but for you, you guys, you know, had to hustle. I'm sure y'all were up till two in the morning. What was that like to like be in the middle of it, but also like be executing it at the same time? Yeah. It's funny because I mean, if you, if anyone saw behind the scenes, which I'm sure when you're in that small of an environment, you can kind of see people like running around crazy, but um, there were, you know, I had gotten there a week early to Denver and because um, there were so many things to do. And thankfully, I had, I'm a conference junkie. So I had been to so many conferences and retreats that I had, you never know till you do it yourself. I mean, that's probably with anything. But I had done kind of the legwork. I had, you know, talked to friends who led conferences. I really tried to do my research and my due diligence and experience other retreats and conferences. So I, th I think in my head, I was prepared for hard. 
um, and prepared for the, the hard work. And you, I am told, everyone is told, you lose money, you know, the first time you do something like this. And I think I was really determined um, to not lose my mind and not lose money. <laughs> so I probably over, you know, we over, you know, we, I think that's what you probably saw was just a lot of planning and, um, intentionality on the front end so that it would go smoothly. But, but there were late nights. I had my sweet dear cousin who lives in Denver. She, um, I think that's something interesting. You know, when you, people talk about dreaming and no one, no one loves your dream like you do. No one um, it's your baby. No one invests like you do. But I was super blessed. My cousin, um, you would have thought this was her thing. And she just gave 150% of her life for those, is more than four days because she helped with so many things. But that to me, we talked a lot about that at the retreat is finding your dream defenders, the, the friends and the community that believe in what you're doing. And that was one key component was just gathering a, a, a group of women that believed in what we were doing to help out. And it's interesting that you noticed the intentionality behind it because just yesterday I was reading through surveys, like post-retreat surveys, and I just got teary-eyed because comment after comment after comment was that, the intentionality, the details, and um, Everyone felt so loved and important. And I think that might have been one of the things that we didn't, was not like a core component that we went into it deciding, okay, here are our objectives. Here's what we want to accomplish when, when women leave. Um, I did want women to feel loved and encouraged, but the, what, it's interesting because I feel like that in this season of my life, um, I'm going through a really tough transition and God keeps showing up and loving me lavishly and intentionally and personally. And I loved that that is how women felt when they left. And I love that it's such a reflection of how God loves us intentionally, lavishly, and personally. And so I love that you you know, felt that when you were there and woman after woman felt that, um, leaving camp. Well, it was really cool. I mean, absolutely. That is the absolute best way to describe it. Lavishly, intentionally, and personally, like it was so lavish, but I think God is so good. Like, I think that is such a characteristic of God. Um, and I think that, you know, we are daughters of the most high King and like, it really was a table set for royalty. Like it was so beautiful, so intentional. Anyone listening, I highly recommend the Campwell Summit. It's so fun. Um, but something you touched on that I would love to pick your brain on, and I'm sure our listeners would really enjoy hearing about, is the concept of dream defenders. Because um, this year, especially launching so much on my end, um, I have definitely realized who my dream defenders are. Um, and then I would also love for you to touch on the letdown of realizing who your dream defenders aren't, because that I think was maybe the hardest lesson of my year. Yeah. And that's a really, um, I don't think we talk enough about that because we have to, one of the, 
one of the girls, and I actually did not get to sit in her session, and I think we're going to make it a main session for the next Camp Well in the spring, but um, my friend Kat Armstrong did a did a talk on what it's like to live on the other side of us as dreamers. And yeah, and you can probably speak into this too, because you, if you were there, but um, I cannot tell you how many people came up to me later and just said that was so good. And I had never thought of it. And, you know, whether it's a spouse or a significant other or friends or family, um, you start to realize how, as a dreamer and or a doer, and then even if you're an entrepreneur, it's we're uniquely wired people. And we think that everyone would want to, like kind of what you were talking about earlier, like it is so glamorous to look outside, you know, as an outsider to look in on our life. It looks so adventurous and glamorous and fun. And, but the people closest to us, and I've heard this so many times and I didn't know how to take it for a long time. I've had a lot of people be like, I could never do what you do. Or, um, your life seems so crazy. Or the thing that really gets me is you're so busy. I do not like that word. I've been trying to retrain and reframe people's vocabulary when they say that to me. I have zero busy, tolerance for people yeah. telling me how busy they are. I'm like, suck it up and enjoy the time you do have. Yeah, because I think it's such it's such a negative, busy is such a negative word to me because um, it sounds like you're unintentional with your time, that you're just like, crazy busy. That is not a nice place. I I have to like rein myself in because when I caught myself telling, telling a friend, don't tell me how busy you are anymore. I was like, okay, be nice. Everyone's busy. And I know that is like a, a word people utilize to explain the season they're in. And sometimes for the sake of clarity, that's the best word possible, but I hate it. I hate that word. And I think we have an opportunity to kind of you know, I had to tell my mom this. She's like, gosh, you're just so busy. And I'm like, mom, let's choose different words. Like, you know, and she gets it now. She knows not to, um, cut, you know, say that word when we're on the phone. But I think what it is, it's its first acknowledging that not everyone is a dreamer. I think we first have to realize not everyone is like us. And that is okay. And then deciding who is wired and making intentional time to invest in those people and gather a community and pour into, be their cheerleader, um, be the cheerleader and community to them that you want them to be to you. And then be okay with the other people who are just not dreamers and don't get you. I, I think I used to find myself trying to win them over to my life, you know, like trying to convince them that I love my life and it's so fun and that's okay. I, you, and I don't know if grieving is a little too dramatic of a word, but I think sometimes you just kind of have to grieve different, what we want a relationship to be with people and that it's okay if it's not that way. So it's, it's kind of dividing your camps in your life. And we instructed, we kind of led our campers through an exercise of who who are your dream defenders and you might take it one step further and say who are not and then be okay with that and not try to bring them over to your way of 
life and try to get them to understand. So I think it's, um, it's understanding what it's like to live on the other side of you as a dreamer. And then it's identifying who is and who isn't um, a dream defender. And then it's investing. It's saying, okay, this year, 2017, I want to be intentional with my dream defenders. How can I encourage them? How can I cheer them on? And I, we shared a lot, several of us at Camp Well are, are dear friends and we are each other's dream defenders. And we use Voxer, the app on um, the phone that's kind of like a walkie-talkie. And we use that every day to just check in with each other. Be if someone's got, I've got a sweet friend, she's trying to sell her business and and she's keeping us updated every week. And here's what I need you to pray. I'm walking into this meeting. And when you start defining and being intentional about those who are your dream defenders, it takes the pressure off of those who are not. And you're okay with that. That is such a good point. Cause I'll, I'll definitely say it was a hard year in, in, in working alongside people who, who said they're your dream defender, like I'm going to be here till the end and they're not. And that is hard. Um, uh-huh. I think that navigating that this year was like a really um, kind of like a, a big grown up lesson for me of like, wow, okay. And I, I've had a lot of conversations with my pastor too, of like, no matter what, you, like you said, your baby is not someone else's baby. No one's going to love your baby. So they may, you know, promise they'll be there till the end and they, they won't, but love them for the time you do have with them. And working alongside them. And then I have had the privilege, you know, on the flip side of working alongside people that like faithfully invest in my dreams and believe in those. And I, I do that likewise for them. And it, it, it is navigating like who are, who is your home team and that interchanging in different seasons. It's been, it's been an interesting process. I think you bring up a great point that is how we should handle all relationships in our life, not just those who are our dream defenders. Our so my, you know, situation is I chose to not have kids. And so that was really tricky um, in life um, because my friends were coming and going as they had friends. Like relationships were very ebb and flow in my life. And for a long time I hung so tightly onto those that it it was so grieving. There's so much grieving for me when that relationship dynamic changed. And I think we have to do that in all our relationships is just hold them with an open hand. Um, they will come and go. It will, it will be sad. But I think it just brings us back to what we talked about earlier is when we have a dream or a calling or whatever that looks like, we have got to be so rooted in confidence and that this is of the Lord so that when we feel alone in it, if there are seasons we feel super alone in it, we've just got to stay grounded and rooted in knowing that this is what God wants me to do, even if nobody else is nodding their head in agreement and supporting and cheering us on. Because you're right. People will come and go. People will take ownership and then their lives change. And we have to extend grace to those people um, as they as their lives change or they come and go or they have their own dreams. You know, sometimes we gather these dream defenders around and they're so supportive and they actually get to the point where they're inspired by our dreaming that they start dreaming themselves. And so they 
Yeah. Oh, what a good point. That is so true. And I hope that I can cultivate that. Like, I hope people can walk away from conversations with me and start to dream. Like, that would be, you know, a great joy in my life to know that I encourage dreaming in other people, even if that, you know, um, wasn't the case initially. It wasn't how they were naturally wired. What would you say, you know, you do a lot of collaborations, you know, you have um, a co-founder of the Well Summit, Kelly. I have a Kelly that I love a lot too, who helps me run Radiant. Um, what's it like to collaborate and share your baby? Because I, I think that some people, um, I've had, I mean, it can be awesome, but it can be really hard too, because um, I've, I've had something that I shared in the past and it at times it felt like I was always compromising because it's two very valid opinions for with, that equally have weight to them making decisions for one thing. And how do you navigate that with a partner? Because I've had very different experiences where, you know, at one point in life, we totally weren't on the same page. But now working with Kelly, you know, it feels very seamless and effortless. And what's it like to find that partner you can collaborate with? Yeah, this is such a good question. And we get asked, Kelly and I, I get asked it of us all the time. Like, how do y'all do this? Like, y'all seem to do it so well. And, you know, Kelly and I had been friends for a few years before I showed up at a conference we were both attending. And I said, I have this really crazy idea. Do you want to do it with me? (laughs) And her being, you know, at that point, such a dream defender, you know, she said, I'm in, like, I love, I'm passionate about the same things. I would love to help. And so as we grew in it, I think one, we quickly identified both of our gifts and where we complemented each other. And we talked about that. We were very clear on that with each other. Um, We were, for us, and Kelly is so good at this. She's She's really intentional about, she's always been way more intentional than I have been about communicating. She wants to always make sure we're communicating and being honest. And she always creates a really safe place for that and makes me feel safe. Like at any point, we always are having, we were always having check-ins and prefacing it by saying, let's be really honest, understood each other's gifts and Interestingly enough, this last year is probably a couple months ago. I was feeling like um, I wanted to take the Well Studio in kind of a new direction and take a little bit more um, ownership. And so I remember I woke up one morning and just prayed because I was actually nervous <laughs> to have that conversation with Kelly. And I got up and I prayed just that the Lord would go before and. Um, just orchestrate that conversation and that we would have it and, and be in of understanding with each other. There was a, a verse in Philippians about that. And so we ended up talking that day and by the end of the day had been super honest with each other. And God had actually been bringing us to the same point about how our roles were going to shift. She's about to have another baby and, um, God had just actually gone before both of us. And when we got on the phone with each other, we realized we were in the same place about um, it being less of a partnership and her being more doing contract work in the area and space that she feels gifted in her strengths. And it was just, I don't, I can't say we do anything really specific for those moments to happen, except that we're always 
creating a safe space. We really clearly understand each other's gifts and we always communicate. We're always, and she's the driver. She was always so good at making sure we did that. So I would say those are probably the three components that made it work for us. And, and then you kind of touched a little bit on um, collaborating with like other people. So maybe not people who are our partners in a business or a project, but I collaborated with a lot of people, um, through the devotional and I collaborated with about 29 other women. And I think with them, one thing I had to do was make sure I clearly communicated my expectations and that I didn't have expectations that I wasn't communicating to them because otherwise I would have been disappointed. So if I want, and I think you have to be realistic with yourself about what expectations you have of other people and communicate those clearly because we can't be disappointed about the expectations we don't communicate. Yeah. What's it like in collaborations that you lead, for instance, like the, the devotional, um, where you are driving the vision. It is your vision that other people are honoring. What is that like to hand over the reins and maybe receive something that doesn't really line up with your vision and sticking to your guns? Because I have this conversation too. Um, my pa- our pastors are like our best friends. And so we have this conversation a lot of leading a very ministry-minded, feel-good organization, but it also is a business and like there's a reality that some things work and some things don't. Yes, that is such a good question. So it's and I did this with the devotional and then I had to do it again with Camp Well Summit. So with the devotional, um, I communicated to everybody once they sent me their prayer that we would read it and we would get back with any, you know, edits or anything that we needed to get back to them on. And there was only probably like three that I felt like didn't align, you know, with what we were doing. But I think I had communicated up front that that was an expectation, that we would give them feedback and let them know if there were any changes and we all, and there were a couple I had to get on the phone with and just talk through. And, um, and I gave them the freedom. And I think we have to be prepared to do this. I gave them the freedom that if they, um, if that was compromising them, that they have, they can back out or step down. And I think holding things with an open hand in that way. And I think, I mean, for the most part, everyone respects that. And, um, and then with camp, well, it was the same thing. It was funny because for the first one, I was like, I'm going to have all my friends be the speakers because I trusted all my, I'd had these conversations for, you know, years with these friends. So I knew where they stood on topics or, you know, issues or, um, their foundation spiritually. Like I knew, you know, where they stood. So I had brought them in with that understanding, but realizing going forward, as I find new speakers for future um, events and retreats, I typed out this very, very long um, email that said, here are our values. I think we have to define what our values are, what our um, beliefs are, 
I mean, for me, it aligns with scripture, but also I had to define how we want women to leave our events and what we prioritize as values and what we want to teach on. And so I outlined, I mean, the last email I sent out was really, really long because I wanted to over-communicate our expectations. And I said, if this does not line up, we completely understand um, and just let us know. So I think it's, we have as leaders, you, me, as leaders of our, um, if it's a ministry or a business, we have, that's why it's so important for us to define our missions and our values and our beliefs in the beginning. And then as we reach out for, to people to collaborate, we have to be okay if we have to communicate that to them and then let them know if this doesn't line up with what you believe or value we totally understand. Um, just let us know. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think I think lesson of the year has been laying out expectations up front because, you know, you can have one thing in your mind and they're on a totally different page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, one, one system we had to put in place with editing articles of Radiant Magazine this year is setting the expectation that we never expect you to spend an hour and a half editing one article. And I'm so sorry that you've been spending that amount of time because, of course, you're going to be burnt out, you know. And so, um, but unfortunately, we didn't realize that until um, they were burnt out. And that was a bummer because that was a total missed expectation. And and being part of such a feel-good organization that really does feel like you're doing impactful work can get there can be really blurred lines between like having to function as a business, but it is really exciting to be a part of. Yeah. And it really just, the more you define your expectations and all those things, it really may, it keeps getting easier and easier to figure out who to collaborate with, um, who not to, and just holding it all with an open hand. Absolutely. So what would your advice be to someone who is like stepping out in faith, launching their dream? You know, because I think for both of us, it's been a process, you know, and our our dreams have evolved as we've listened to God and allowed Him to shape and mold those dreams and redirect us as needed. Yeah, I think that the first most important thing to do um, is to spend time in prayer and just hand the dream back to the Lord. Um, I have this visual in my head that I hold it with open hands and fingers spread apart and what is not of Him just falls through. And once once you feel confirmed, um, it's getting it on paper, like writing it down, writing what it feels like, writing um, if there's a verse that the Lord has given um to support that dream, write what you feel like he's leading you to, write mission, write your why. Um, The reason I am so about doing this and putting it in writing is because there will come a day and multiple days where you are alone without dream defenders. You are at a crossroads. You are questioning um, what to do next. You've got a million ideas and you don't know which one to start with. And you go back to all those things and say, which of these ideas align with my mission and my values and my why and which don't. There are going to be come so many times in the process of dreaming and walking out that dream that we get stuck and overwhelmed and compare. And so I'm always about getting something um 
grounded on paper somewhere that you can go back to. I think that's what why Camp Well is so important and why we wanted to do that because it's four days to get away and reflect, refocus, and reset so that it becomes um, this moment in time that going out and going forth you can look back on. Um, and you've created with the getting away with these women is you've created almost this community now of dream defenders that can support when you start um, thinking you're crazy or questioning or wondering. Um, so I think it's just rooting it, rooting a dream in prayer, asking, you know, what is of the Lord and what is not, and then documenting that moment. Yeah, I will, I'll be the first to say I met someone at the Campwell Summit that did become a dream defender. I had her on the podcast last week, Kate Crocco. She is yeah. so cool. And we have Skyped so many times. We've talked about collaborating with our different courses. And it's just been incredible to meet women who um, kind of are walking this walk. Because I think in your day-to-day life, it's really easy you know, for your core community to like all have totally different jobs. And of course, because they're your, your friends and your family, they take interest in what you're doing. But I think coming alongside other creative entrepreneurs and dreamer and doers, as is um, y'all's core phrase, um, it, it really is super valuable to form those relationships and to have those people back you up. I, yeah. I found it to be such a gift. And I'm so thankful to have gotten to attend um, and be a part of the Campwell Summit. I'd love for you to share about what people could find at a Campwell Summit, because I know you've got a few coming up this year, and I'd love for you to share about that. Yeah, we have um, we have one coming up in the spring, end of April, um, in Fredericksburg, Texas. It is known for anyone who's never been to Fredericksburg. It's kind of like it's called the hill country because in Texas we don't have mountains um, like you do in Colorado, which is sad for me who loves Colorado. But it's kind of called our hill, hill country, and it's known as kind of like the wine the wine country of, of Texas. So it's a cute little quaint town, and, and we've taken over an entire um, kind of bed and breakfast compound, very French, rustic inspired. So we're really excited about it. But we've got that one at the end of April, and then we are actually, and this is the first time I've announced it, um, we are going back to Colorado in the fall, at the end of October, and we're doing it at a ranch, which I am so excited about. So we created this, it's kind of about three and a half day experience, like I said, for women to come and reflect, refocus, and reset. Um, it's for dreamers and doers. We actually last year in Denver had about 50% of the women were um, entrepreneurs, had businesses or were starting businesses. And then the other half were women who were just dreamers. We actually had one girl come. She's like, I am a doer, but I'm not a dreamer. And I loved that because she got to come and create space in her life to dream and in fact, she, her name's Melly. I don't know if you got to meet her, but she came as a doer and then she opened up space in her life to dream. And now she realized that she loves supporting dreamers as a doer. So she is helping us with our next camp. Well, um, super administrative and task driven and getting to use those gifts to help, you know, support us, which is helping support other dreamers. So it was a really cool thing that came out of that. But 
the other half, I said, you know, half of them were entrepreneurs and the other half were moms or women who want to start ministries or just want to be more intentional in their life and really kind of come away with more purpose and focus. And so we had women kind of across the board, but they all came together. And one of the best things I heard was, I'm with women just as crazy as me who have, you know, ideas and thoughts and dreams, and they all felt understood. So the first day we really spent kind of dreaming and establishing values and um, kind of mission and identifying who we are and who God made us. And then the second day we got really intentional with some strategy behind, okay, how do we live our life now when we go home? Um, whether that's in business or family, creating a family mission, or how do I launch this ministry? And so it's kind of a dreamer day and a doer day. And women leave just super encouraged. And like you said, with a community of dream defenders around them, and we don't take enough time to get away and process these things. And so we love doing it in a way that, like we said earlier, you feel loved and seen and lavished um, as God does and encouraged. We just want women to feel encouraged. Well, goal, mission accomplished because it, it was really incredible. I really, I, I really, really enjoyed it. What would you say to women who are considering some, going to, you know, Camp Well Summit or something like it? Um, and putting themselves out there because I'll be the first to say, I mean, I test as like 70 something percent extrovert. I'm extremely extroverted, but even, even me before events like this, think of every reason to cancel and not show up. I'm like, I think I just need to tell them I'm sick. I'm going to turn around. I got really busy. You know, what would you say? But once you're there, it's okay. And you feel, you know, so thankful that you just made the effort to show up. What would you say to people on the fence who are just scared to put themselves out there? That's such a good question because we get it all the time. And I, I'm i an outgoing introvert, so I understand. I went to a, a conference a couple years ago. I did not know a soul. And one thing that I intentionally did, it was a big conference. So it wasn't small and intimate like this one, but... I made a point, they had round tables in the room, and I made a point at every break to switch tables and meet people, which could be so uncomfortable. But the payoff, um, God did the most incredible things through connections at that retreat. And I can look back and I can probably tell you four kind of life-changing, dream-altering things that happened because I moved tables, um, which is cool. That was fun. Um, For me, it's, it's good that you've asked this question because for me as a conference, I'm using air quotes, but like a producer, like someone that puts on conferences, um, I'm going to be super in, more intentional the first day to kind of break the ice in that area. We did it, I think, day two. We had the introverts raise their hands and the extroverts raise their hands. And I think we kind of did it the first day a little bit, but it's just being really honest when you walk in. Like, this is who I am. Own it. Do not be ashamed of being an introvert, but be, be courageous and, and show up um, and just start talking to people. And people are generous and people are kind, and we just kind of have to take that risk. I ha- we had so many girls who had never flown a plane by themselves before. They'd never um, 
it was it was the coolest thing to see the courage in in the stories of of women showing up, and again reading the surveys. Um, it was person after person, you know, said I was scared. I was scared to come. I think that's the other thing. Knowing if you're scared, you are not alone. You're not find another scared person. Like just find one other scared person, and then you can realize that you are not alone. And then you start realizing most people are afraid to show up, right? Because even the people that you look around the room and think weren't scared probably were. I mean, that's me. I can get in a room of people and I can turn on. And no one would ever know I was like no. uh-huh. hyper stressed getting this. Yep, yep, so true. Um, and so it, I think it's it's really comforting when you're you're thinking of attending something like this that everyone's putting themselves out there. It's nerve wracking for pretty much everyone involved, but it's the payoff is so worth it. it is it really so is. worth it? So worth it. Wow. So where can people find um, find you online? Where can they find you to sign up? for the Campwell Summit? Where can they grab a copy of your devotional? Yeah, so our um, website is thewellstudio.co. And that's just our, that's our blog and our stories. And you can get information about the devotional there. And then for Camp Well, it's campwellsummit.com. And we would love for 2017 to offer your Radiant listeners um, $100 off. And so they could use code RADIANT um, for that. So all the Campwell information for the spring is on campwellsummit.com. Woohoo! Yay for a coupon code. I, yes. I'm really excited. I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing. I was honored to meet you guys. And so I just love getting to to follow along and be a part of it in any way possible. And where can, you know, people also listening might have a dream of starting a business or launching something. Where can they kind of reach out to you? We didn't touch too much on this, but you offer design services, branding, consulting, all of that. Yeah, it's jensprinkle.com. So it's Jen with two N's sprinkle.com. I would love to hear from anyone interested. Very cool. Well, it has been such a joy having you and I I can't wait to have you again. Thank you so much, Kelsey. As always, I'm so glad you've joined us for another week at the Radiant Podcast. We'd love for you to join us at our new membership community, radiantcommunity.org or Follow along at our magazine, radiantmagazine.org. We also love keeping up with you guys on social media, so be sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And if you love this podcast, please be sure to leave a review. It really means the world to us and gets the word out to people who might not have heard about us. And if you love the song, be sure to find Kayla, C-A-L-A-H, on iTunes, and it was produced by my dear friend, Christian Sager. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist, and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. 
State Farm. Habla Daniela. Hola, Daniela. Soy José. ¿Te acuerdas que mi auto nuevo venía con mil detectores? Alarmas, cámaras, sensores, de todo. Claro. Bueno, eh, le faltó el detector de canciones que me gustan en la radio. Uh -huh. Me emocioné cantando. Me distraje y choqué una columna cuando parqueaba. Tranquilo. Aquí estamos para ayudarte. No canto más. Te prometo. Elige a quien esté aquí para ayudar a que la vida vaya bien. Habla hoy con un agente de State Farm. 